Hello and welcome to Animal Chat, an Alberta FPCA podcast, where we talk about animal welfare, animal behavior, and animal protection. I'm Dan Kobe. Thank you for listening and for being passionate about animal welfare and compassionate for the animals in our province. Today, we're talking animal care and welfare on Alberta's First Nations. Our province's Aboriginal peoples have a spiritual relationship with animals that many non-First Nations people do not understand. So today, we're going to discuss that. I'm joined by Norm Running Rabbit, who is the Animal Control Officer for the Siksika First Nation in Southern Alberta. Norm, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. So Siksika is about 100 kilometers east of Calgary. If you drive east from Calgary on the Trans-Canada Highway, you will pass the First Nation. And the First Nation has about 8,000 members. Norm, uh, can you tell us quickly what your job involves? So um, I'm the animal control officer for Siksika Nation and Siksika Animal Services more specifically. And our primary duty is to the um, Siksika Dog Care and Control Bylaw. And what does that look like? There, there's a, often there's a difference between animal protection, which is protecting um, animals from people and animal uh, enforcement of protecting people from animals, animal control. Uh, yours, your job is a, a bit of both, right? Absolutely, yeah. It's um, so. So, what our main focuses are based on the bylaw is um, uh, two aspects, and that's uh, animal welfare and public safety. Um, so, that being said, um, our bylaw focuses on um, uh, you know for pet owners to provide basic care, uh, veterinary care, food, water, shelter, exercise, and such. Um, as well as um, it also focuses on some of the, uh, uh, like, uh, it's written in the bylaw as, as dangerous dog provisions, uh, which we also enforce. So if there's any dog bite incidents, um, we certainly tend to those uh, uh, issues. And, and as well as uh, humane practices, you know, our, our handling of animals is done so with... Um, with care in mind for the animals as well as the people, you know, having a, a bylaw in place um, on a first nations and, you know, animal care and animal awareness, animal welfare awareness. Um, it's all, it's all, you know, very unprecedented stuff. Um, and, and like I said, a lot of it, uh, you know, you got to be creative. You got to, you got to be on your toes as is with, you know, I'm sure with, with provincial, uh, provincial issues, but it is really is a unique situation given given the uh, the uh, the culture, as you will the uh, the free roaming culture, and just how uh, First Nations uh, uh, view animals and recognize that they are free spirits and, and should be um, you know free to free to move about. So you know, obviously, there's challenges that come with that. Now, I suppose it'd be a good opportunity to give a, a quick backgrounder um, about Alberta's First Nations. Uh, there are 50 in Alberta, or about 50, 48, I think is the exact number. And each one will have its, its own belief systems. So while many of the beliefs uh, are similar between First Nations, each First Nation may be unique in, in how um, they address animals, which means that what we're discussing today isn't necessarily a one-size-fits-all type of scenario. 
but we are hoping to provide some important general information. Norm, can you give us a, a quick synopsis of how First Nations people see their relationships with animals, not just owned animals, but wildlife as well? So when it comes to um, First Nations beliefs and animals, each First Nation uh, is unique in their beliefs. You know, I can really only speak for uh, my point of view, which is um, from Sixiga. For, for the Blackfoot, you know, there, there's several animals that uh, throughout history and in, in tradition that, that we hold in high regard. If anybody has seen the, uh, the, the logo for Sixiga Nation, it's, it's a, a buffalo or a bison, whatever have you, um, in the center. So, you know, that's one animal that's held in high regard that represents, you know, strength and is a, you know, a source for, uh, for uh, not only survival, but, you know, uh, uh, maintaining, you know, nourishment and, and tools and, and warmth and shelter uh, for many years. And, and as well as, uh, you know, animals like the eagle um, who are seen, you know, as uh, to carry wisdom. And then down from there, there are many like local animals that are, are represented throughout the culture. Um, you know, weasels, badgers, all these animals are viewed as, you know, as, as guides, as, as teachers through life and just providing uh, wisdom and, and examples of uh, everyday life. You know, dogs in particular are, are a big part of that, you know, throughout history. Well, and there is so much that we could discuss. This podcast episode could literally be two hours, no problem. Um, I, I think we're going to try to um, keep a little bit focused in this one episode, and we could talk about other um, topics uh, in future episodes. Let's talk about Siksika being a free-roaming dog community, uh, which you are. What does that mean? So... A free-roaming dog community is is basically, you know, what it states, where where the dogs are not necessarily, you know, I wouldn't use the term allowed to roam free, but they're more recognized as free beings, free spirits, if you will, um, you know, animals that, you know, should be without borders and restraints. And therefore, a lot of uh, nation members... Um, follow that practice where, where dogs uh, are, you know, in a sense, owned um, or cared for by community members. But at the same time, they are, um, they are seen as, uh, once again, free to, to move about and do, do as they will. And uh, that's where some of the uh, um, issues would arise as we uh, continue to progress as a society. Uh, as a community, you know, obviously there's issues that arise with, um, you know, two neighbors, for example, might have free roaming dogs. And in most cases, the dogs do get along. But from time to time, there are instances that we run into, as there would be in, in any case where, where animals are allowed to roam free. And that's where basically this bylaw, this Six to God Dog Care and Control bylaw comes into play. You know, I think uh, many people um, have a vision uh, that dogs should be mostly indoor animals that, that sleep on the couch or at the foot of the bed. 
Um, and it's worth noting the Animal Protection Act in Alberta does not require this at all. And there are lots of dogs across Alberta that live outside on rural properties, whether it be on First Nations or non-First Nations. Um, so on a First Nation, just because a dog is wandering about, uh, as you mentioned, does not mean it doesn't have owners or isn't being cared for. Um, talk a bit about how uh, the owners of, of these animals would still be caring for them and, and providing you know, food and water and such. Uh, yeah, like, uh, like you're mentioning, uh, these, these free roaming dogs, they, they, they are absolutely do have, um, if I may use the term, owners or you know caregivers and i go between the two because it's it's not not so defined one way across the board but yeah we we are finding and we know that a lot if not all these dogs that are are uh you know out and about who you know some uh non-nation members who might see them um roaming around in a field as they're passing by uh, we can say that these these animals are absolutely owned or cared for. Sometimes uh, multiple homes, uh, and those are dogs that we refer to as uh, community dogs, where their life is literally to go, you know, from place to place. They 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 would you know hang out with one family for for a day or two, and and you know maybe move on to the next, and and. They do their rounds and, and they've been living this way, happy and cared for, um, for their entire life. And, you know, that is, you know, I understand the flip side that that is a, is a um, you know, very foreign to some people to, you know, that type of uh, pet care. And, and I, I get it that um, it, it could raise alarms um, and it does raise alarms at times. That's, uh, I guess, the, the benefit of, uh, for any First Nation to, uh, to have uh, an animal program, animal services, or, or animal education program, not only for the community, but, but for non-Nation members who are, you know, interested or might have concerns. Uh, just to bridge that gap, you know, and just to, just to bring about a sense of understanding, because it is a topic that does come up from time to time. And I can assure people that... Um, yeah, these dogs are, are uh, uh, somebody definitely does care for them. When it comes to the Animal Protection Act, the act requires uh, that um, animals be provided with um, appropriate food and water, uh, appropriate shelter, protection from injurious heat and cold, um, and uh, provide them with veterinary care when they're sick or wounded. Um, th the act anywhere in Alberta does not state that an animal has to come in uh, at night or be confined within the uh, defense of its property. Um, certain municipal bylaws might say that animals need to be contained, but th this is not something in the act. It's, uh, in a lot of cases, it's just what people in society uh, in certain areas of the province may envision what um, type of a life a dog should live. Um, but in rural Alberta, all areas of rural Alberta, dogs typically are outside working dogs most of the time and have the ability to roam around the property. It's not just a first nation situation as well. Uh, appreciating that the, the, the bylaws on Siksika are probably unique to your first nation. This isn't unusual um, that dogs have more uh, free reign to roam uh, once you leave the metropolitan areas. 
No, yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, like I agree. Uh, um, our, our bylaws are very similar to, to the provincial bylaws where, where um, yeah, a, a dog must be provided with food, water, shelter, and uh, veterinary care, which, you know, um, Six Sigga is, is definitely in agreement with that. And I guess that's one of the challenges of, uh, of you know, that we face um, um, in, you know, in enforcing those bylaws in, in, a, in a, a free roaming community. Um, you know, in the time that I've been here, I have found that the best way is to educate the people that there is a bylaw in place and there are these expectations of pet owners, um, but as well that we also recognize that it is a free roaming community and that, you know, the owners, the pet owners are still accountable. Um, if that dog goes out and, you know, goes down to the river and has a great day, that's fine. I got no problems with that whatsoever. Um, but, you know, if it should, you know, um, you know, have an instance where, where there's injury or, or, or even concern for the dog's condition by, by, you know, somebody who has come across the time, um, or if it's just plain and simply maybe being a nuisance in somebody's yard, um, you know, then that's where, that's where the bylaw comes into play. So, so it really is, um, it's, it's a, it's really, really is a, in my opinion, uh, an unprecedented situation. Um, and, and it gets interesting at times and it's something that, um, that, uh, you know, we have to be on our toes about all the time and we have to get creative sometimes about it, you know, and, and we have to see both sides and we have to, uh, consider both sides, um, when it comes to, uh, you know, the bylaw versus the, uh, free roaming community aspect and and are there are there many problems norm do you do you see many of them or 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 does this work fairly well for Sixica? you know uh we have our issues yes we do um and and you know i i will i will say that yeah i do get very busy at times um but for the most part you know i would say that honestly a good portion, I would have to say, you know, at least if not more, 90% of the animals in Sixiga are being cared for properly. Um, and just because we have such a huge, you know, population um, and, and, you know, myself being the only animal control officer, um, I do get busy from time to time. And, um, a lot of my duties that I guess that keep me busy is that these animals, you know, it's not just a sense where we're just picking up a dog, you know, and bring it to a shelter. Um, no, there's, there's many aspects that come with that. I mean, there's, there's follow-up that we have to do. There's arrangements we have to make. Um, and then there's, um, you know, sometimes we have to put a dog on a hold uh, maybe we have to, uh, you know, take a dog for a behavior assessment or even just, uh, simply, you know, uh, uh, shelter a dog for whatever reason. Um, and, and just hold it till, uh, 
till the situation that it's come out of is is you know uh, deemed safe to return if that's something we're considering. So it is a it does get busy for me, but I do have a lot of faith that that uh, um, that the majority, the greater majority of the animals, the pets on Sixiga are being cared for. And if if there is an incident. To where whatever's happening seems to be uh, a bit beyond the, the ability for yourself just to deal with it, uh, whether it be expertise with a particular breed or species of animal. Um, uh, you were telling me earlier that, that you I- invite others to, to offer the, the, um, some guidance as well, because I know you have a, a, a strong relationship with um, our peace officers that work in your area. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, our, our biggest, um, uh, I, I, I call it my lifeline is the, uh, actually the Canadian animal task force, um, who, who helped us, uh, who helped six, um, put this bylaw in place. Um, but they're always, uh, you know, they're always a phone call away or a text message away. And, and they've been a, a huge help in, in helping us, you know, um, make sense of all this and, and offering guidance in, in some situations where, um, where, uh, you know, maybe our resources might be limited or, or even, uh, even some of our knowledge might be limited. Um, so, you know, obviously I'm making a plug to them, but, but, you know, I can't thank them enough. Um, but yeah, we, we have, we have a lot of, uh, local organizations that we, that we, work with and and we would be nowhere without them you know um there's several shelters and and vets uh vet clinics that we work with and and you know i would love to name them all but but you know it is it is quite the list and and again uh you know i'm I'm very thankful for them and like i said maybe this may sound like more of a plug than anything but uh but like i said i i appreciate everything they do for us and, and we would simply would would be nowhere without their help um so yeah and then like i said the aspca uh, more recently um working with working with them is is uh has only made things easier for us um especially with some of the uh, uh livestock issues that are, are coming about now uh that tend to fall in our laps well, there are just so many different animal species of animals, breeds of animals. Um, it's impossible to know everything about all animals. Um, our organization, um, despite having you know uh, decades of experience, um, routinely reaches out to experts in particular fields for the same very same reason. We we can't know everything about every type of animal, um, and so if you're going to make a decision, it's best to make sure you have all of the information, the right information before you do so. Absolutely. I would agree. I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, good all around for, you know, for especially uh, the community and the animals. Uh, I mean, you don't want to be making a snap decision, you know, based on, you know, uh, you know, just guessing or whatnot, you know, so um, to have those at our, at, uh, those resources at our disposal and those, uh, knowledgeable individuals out there that once again, I appreciate. Yeah. They're, they're my lifeline for sure. 
Well, Norm, thank you for joining me today for sharing uh, so much information uh, on how animal welfare is addressed on Siksika and, and, and telling us about your program today. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate this and just having, you know, a platform to, to express what we're doing out here. And uh, no, I, I enjoy this very much. And thanks again. Thanks, Norm. Now, this is our 10th episode of Animal Chat. You can find our other episodes on all the podcast subscription sites. If you like them, please give us a positive comment and please share with others so they too can learn about our podcast and what we're talking about. Thank you for listening.